Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So I've got some data points that show that every single one of you watching this video right now that thinks the United States is headed for a recession is nothing but a fear monger. You're nothing but a right-wing conspiracy theorist. And you should know that the economy is in fuego, baby. It's running on all eight cylinders. I don't Just because you can't put food on the table or a roof over your head doesn't mean that the economy isn't booming, for heaven's sakes. Let's cut right over to this data, and you'll see exactly what I'm referring to. I'm pissed, Josh. I'm so mad at everyone out there. The conspiracy theorists are just fear-mongering so people don't spend money. It's all just to get at Joe Biden, bless his heart. Right here, proof is in the pudding. Right from the Wall Street Journal. Data show the economy is booming. Analysts have picked apart a string of hot reports on economic growth. The labor market, inflation, you guess you saw the thumbnail. Stock market, almost at, or close to all-time highs. What on earth is there to complain about? You guys just need to realize how good you've got it, for heaven's sakes. Can't you see economic growth when it's just staring you right in the face? I mean, I'm sure every single time you go to the grocery store and your paycheck goes down and down and down in purchasing power, you just think to yourself, my goodness gracious, am I lucky. Wow, I am so lucky to live in a country where the economy is doing this well. I mean, all I have to, sure, I'm homeless, but if I just want to remind myself how good things are, I just have to turn on the TV or just read the Wall Street Journal. Let's keep going. Data suggests the U.S. economy is too hot for comfort. It's not just doing well. It's, it's doing too well. <laughs> A handful of high-profile economic reports covering the big topics, big topic of inflation, economic growth, and the labor market have leaned decidedly on the too warm side. Whew, yeah. I mean, look at this. Proof right here in front of your eyes. The S&P 500 ended last week just 0.5% off a record high. Look, look, look at this chart. How can you dispute that? From a very big picture's perspective, it's still looking good, said Brian Rose. A very big picture perspective. So I, I, not the perspective that you have when at the end of every single month, you don't have enough money. Uh, you, you see, uh, see your problem there is you just need to zoom out. Sure. You don't have enough money to make ends meet, but if you just zoom out and look at the bigger picture, you'll see that everything is fantastic. <laughs> and for those of you who are new to the channel, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> For those of you who watch my videos, you know exactly that uh, throughout this entire time, I have been acting. So now let's get into some serious stuff here, guys. So their argument, of course, is that because uh, inflation is a little higher, we've got some noise. In the, and it's, again, it's not like the inflation went up to 5% for heaven's sakes. <laughs> it was just, and year over year, I think went down. It's just month over month was like 03 instead of 0.2 or something like that. It, it wasn't a, a, a dramatic change right here. They say the CPI report was a little hotter than I expected, but I take caution in reading too much in the January report. So this is from Gregory Daco, chief economist at EY, accounting consulting firm. So, I, you know, I would agree with this. I, I think, you know, the noise from here to there, I don't think it really matters much. I don't think inflation will head to the next wave going up or going down until we have an, a catalyst. On the way down, it's going to be crash, crisis, 
whatever you want to call it, hard landing. And on the way up, it would be, in my opinion, most likely due to government deficit spending or the government, the central planners somehow distorting the economy. Maybe they do price controls. That would definitely do it. Or if they do something to disrupt global supply chains, that would do it as well. But in the interim, I just think we probably hover in the 3% range. You know, maybe it gets down to 2.7, maybe it goes up to 3.7, something like that. Just kind of, it's just noise. That's my base case. Okay, now they start talking about the unemployment rate. The catch in the data was that 353,000 jobs, that was that last number that just blew everyone's mind, was an adjusted number. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Every year, many businesses hire workers ahead of the holidays and lay them off in January to better gauge the trend in hiring labor department accounts for these seasonal patterns. So the big drop in actual January payrolls often shows up as a seasonal adjusted gain. So here you can see that. January last year just boom, completely crashes. But oh my goodness gracious, we somehow added 500, is that 500,000 jobs, they said? I guess that's how they're doing it. Definitely wouldn't be 500 jobs. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's uh, that's in the thousands. Well, well, but again, it's all about the trend, right? So then, yeah, that makes sense because this is right around 350, this little blue line, uh, when in reality, it's a loss of 2.5 million jobs. Uh, slight discrepancy. So you see how important these seasonal adjustments are. Now, one thing, even if they're using the same metric, and even if you buy into the seasonal adjustment, which I think there's some merit to that, of course, but look at the, the actual decline is still greater than it was last year. So then they go to the GDP numbers, but uh, hat tip to the Wall Street Journal, at least they're being fair to a point here, where they're saying that, yeah, the GDP doesn't really match up with GDI, uh, but then they say right here, the Commerce Department, which produces both reports, officially considers GDP more reliable. Okay, but what does the Federal Reserve? And I would argue that the Commerce Department is just basically a wing of the government, which I guess the Federal Reserve is as well. But you could argue that there's a, a little bit of an arm's length distance with the Federal Reserve. And so if we go over to the Fed, I've actually done stories on this. We see that 2016, they came out with a report right here, better measure of output, GDP or GDI. Their conclusion, GDI. So getting back to the Wall Street Journal article, the bottom line here, guys, uh, oh, actually, we got one more quote. I'm growing concerned that there's going to be a strong desire to cut rates when the labor market has not fully balanced. It's cooled, but it's still tight. And this is Joseph Davis, Joe Davis, Global Chief Economist Vanguard. So the first thing that I want to point out, obviously the takeaway here, their argument is just the same tired argument here over and over and over and over and over again, that there's no possible way that the United States can be going into a recession. It's just, it's, it is absolutely not possible because the stock market is at all-time highs and the unemployment rate is low. That's all I need to know. End of story. And these chief economists are incentivized to continue to push this narrative. Why? Well, let's, you know, no offense to Joe here, but let's just try to think through what Joe's number one priority is. Now, I don't know Joe, so this is just a complete assumption, but I think it's safe to assume that Joe's number one priority is keeping his job. So how does Joe keep his job? Does he do it by giving accurate predictions? Believe it or not, no. The way he predicts his, or the way he keeps his job is by predicting what everyone else is predicting to a point 
where it's so blatantly obvious that something has changed that you've got to predict something else. But by that time, everyone else is predicting exactly what you are. You see, it's very similar to what we saw in the mainstream media with the Cervasa sickness. That's how I look at it. What I mean by that is they came out with this nonsense about, let's just say, I want to keep it YouTube friendly here, just say the facial coverings. Now, at the beginning, I admit this this made a lot of sense. I thought, yeah, this, you know, this this is uh seems right. How uh, if we want to uh, prevent the transmission back and forth that we can do this. Uh, but then the data comes out that says, yeah, mm, it's probably not that great. Uh, and we're probably not doing ourselves a benefit by staying indoors. It's probably better to go outdoors. You guys know what happened. You remember it like it was just, but then the mainstream media kept doubling down, double tripling down, quadrupling down until it got to a point where it was so obvious that they were on the wrong side of history, that they started to change. You see, the way I look at it as, I look at it in terms of percentages, right? So it starts off with, let's just say, there's a 10% chance they're wrong in their minds. In our eyes, there's always a 100% chance they're wrong. But let's say 10%. But they still keep talking as though there's 0%. But it goes up to 20%, 30%, 40%. 50% probability that they're wrong. And they keep pushing that narrative until it gets up to 60 or 70% to where it's so obvious that they're wrong that they now have to start backpedaling. But what has happened is they've been lying to the public, ironically enough, giving them misinformation for this whole time from the 10% probability up to the 70%. This is exact same thing with the lab leak deal. Exact same thing with with, uh, Russia, Ukraine. Remember when they first went into Ukraine? Oh my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. They're going to get get annihilated. This is going to be over in three days. Remember the mainstream media was saying that? And then after six months, like, um, uh, maybe we don't like it, but we might give Putin a a slight edge in this. You see, it's the exact same thing. And what I have recognized with economy, because you can go back to 2007 and you see this exact same nonsense. Go back to 2008 and they're saying the same stuff. Oh, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Employment, stock market, yada, yada, yada. Nothing to see here until it gets to a point where Lehman Brothers is going bust and the market is collapsing by 2000 points a day. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, yeah, uh, actually... I've changed my prediction. I think we might be headed for a recession now. You don't say. That's exactly what's happening now. Hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of -of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level.
Let me further prove my point. Let's go over to some data from Japan. Now, most of you know from watching my videos that Japan just made a big announcement. They just came out and admitted that they are in recession. And it wasn't just Japan. It was Germany, or they're very just teetering on the edge. Uh, the Eurozone, I think it's headed that way. But the UK also came out and said, yep, yep, absolutely, we're 100% in recession. And let's not forget uh, China in flat-out deflation, although they're not admitting to a recession yet. And even the German officials are coming out and saying, yeah, th this is terrible. The economic data is bad. It's likely going to get worse. And if I'm not mistaken, their Q4 GDP was negative. So getting back to Japan here, look at their unemployment rate. You would expect, I mean, they just announced a recession, right? So you would expect that their unemployment rate is just skyrocketing. I mean, it's, it's got to be like Great Depression levels. But you look at it and you see 2.4%. Let me repeat, 2, not 20, 2.4%. A full percentage lower than we have in the United States. And historically speaking, going all the way back to 1988, it's not at an all-time low, but it's damn close. Well, you say, oh, George, this is, <laughs> you don't even understand. Are, are you crazy? It's not like Japan measures their employment rate the same way. I mean, they've got all these zombie companies that are artificially keeping that unemployment rate low. So you, you can't put any stock and the Japanese unemployment rate, duh. You're just, you're just fear-mongering again. Okay, fine. We're going to check out the Japanese stock market in just a moment. But before we do, let's go right over to Germany. Now, it is true that their, stock, that their unemployment rate has ticked up a bit, but it's still, relatively speaking, very low. Now, you see that it's uh, maybe 5.5%, something like that, which, keep in mind, According to the mainstream economists, back prior to 2008, let's say, in the United States, they thought that was the perfect level of employment based on the Phillips curve, right? Because we don't want employment to go too low, so we're going to have to deal with inflation, right? So this is, from an economist standpoint, a mainstream economist, this is perfect. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. Just the story of the three bears. It's right in the middle, baby. <laughs> so, or, or no, no, was that oh, Red Riding Hood? I'm getting my stories all mixed up. Jeez, jeez, jeez. You know, I'm like Homer Simpson, where the more stuff I put into my brain, the more stuff that like comes out. <laughs> so I remember all this technical crazy stuff about the monetary system, but then I forget my own name. <laughs> anyway, you guys get it here with the German unemployment rate. Now let's go over to the UK. Look at this unemployment rate, almost at an all time low going back to 1980, the 1970s. For heaven's sakes, the 1970s. So again, you may be saying, okay, Jordan, I get your point. Fine, Japan. Um, I disagree with that because they're likely just, it's apples to oranges because of the way they calculate unemployment or they have these zombie companies. UK, okay, okay. I'm starting to see your point. Starting to see your point. Germany, okay, yeah, yeah. Starting to see your point. But let's remember the S&P 500 is at all-time highs. All-time highs. So this is really just, you can't put a lot of weight, a lot of stock into this. No pun intended. All right. So let's go right over to the stock markets. Let's start 
with Japan. Oh, would you look at that? They just announced that they're in recession and the stock market is at all-time highs. Huh. And let's not forget the unemployment rate is 2.4%. Let's also go over to the UK. Very low unemployment. And stock market at all-time highs. And they just announced that they're in a recession. Hmm. What do you think is going on with the German stock market? Ah, that's right. All-time highs, you see. So my point is if you've got one of your friend and family member friends, or if you hear one of these quote-unquote experts in the mainstream media that's talking about how it's impossible for the United States to go into recession because of unemployment and because the stock market is at all-time highs, you immediately know that they either don't know what they're talking about or they're completely full of BS. And I would just totally disregard what they're saying from that point moving forward. Oh, but then Josh sent me another story. So we're looking at the macro level like they wanted us to, but now let's go ahead and zoom in a little bit to some individual companies. And Josh just sent me this story. See, I don't know where it is, Josh. It's, uh, um, here we go. So let's look at this. Outbacks of the sun, okay? And I've not yet seen sort of virus that's going to eat my computer. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> oh, here we go, here we go. Here we go. Okay, close. Outback Steakhouse dramatically closes last remaining restaurants in state where workers given less than two days notice. Now, I know this is completely anecdotal and restaurants go out of business all the time. But when you combine this with everything else that we're talking about, I just think the overwhelming evidence, especially with what you're experiencing in your life, would point to a high probability that the United States is headed for a recession. Now, one more thing that I'd like to point out, and I discussed this in an interview that I did on with uh, one of the Valuetainment guys today, is I went back for a whiteboard video, uh, doing some research for a whiteboard video that I did today that'll be out tomorrow night. And I wanted to look and see when the last time the UK and Germany were both in recession without the United States being in recession. And I went all the way back to the 1970s. And guess how many times the U.S. was not in recession with both the U.K. and Germany or the Eurozone being in recession? Josh, what do you think? Uh, putting me on the spot here, George. I'm going to say 2008, maybe. So you're saying that 2008... That Germany maybe, maybe COVID. It's got to be two, uh, 2020. So you're saying that the that in 2020 the UK and Germany were both in recession, but the United States was oh, not. Oh, in recession. oh, probably never. That would, my guess would be possibly never. There you go. And there would be an anecdote in the comment. I, I don't want to call this guy out, but he said that he worked in tech and got laid off today, uh, and his, he had a mass company layoff. Uh, I've actually been seeing that in a lot of comments, which is incredibly unfortunate, but it's very anecdotal as to what you were talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going over a lot of sobering news on this video, but the most sobering news by far is that we have to come to terms with the fact that we're never going to be able to order a blooming onion again. Josh, you know what a blooming onion is? I don't want to know. Oh, dude, it was fantastic. It was like this deep fried onion that they'd serve you at <laughs> Steakhouse. And it was so bad for you. It was probably like 80,000 calories per serving. But man, it was, it was 
absolutely fire. It was really, really good. But anyway, getting back to it. Yes, that you heard correct. Going back to 1970s, we have never had a situation with the UK and Germany, the Eurozone, being in a recession at the same time without the United States also being in a recession. And you say, George, what about Japan? I'm not even including them because they're pretty much always in a recession. <laughs> uh, so I can guarantee you if UK and uh, Germany are in a recession, Japan is because, again, they're in recession 90% of the time. So I think this gives you some better context as to not just how the economy works, but the probabilities of the United States going into recession, even though the unemployment rate is low and the stock market is all-time highs, because that's pretty much all the data points the bulls have. Like whoever is going to argue for the, the, the no landing type scenario, that, that's really all they've got left. But that, I don't think, is really relevant based on what we see right now in Japan, UK, and Germany, who are all in recession, all have low unemployment, and all have stock markets at all-time highs. All right, guys. And on that note, I want to encourage you to check out the George Gammon channel tonight. Why, you may ask? Because I did an incredible interview with Joseph Wang himself, Fed Insider. That's going to drop at 8 o'clock Eastern time tonight. And this is something you don't want to miss. Because Joseph is going to talk about he believes... The market is going to crash, but at night, but it might not crash down. It might crash up. So to hear his incredible insights, you're going to have to check it out when it drops tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the George Gammon channel. Until that time, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Make sure you're standing up for freedom, liberty, for market capitalism. See you in the next video.